When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Apparently it sucks to be a running back, and they're looking to do something about it right now. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, your smart speaker, the ESPN app, where you can see it all. Christopher Arthur Canty, good morning. What's happening, partner? How you doing? Oh, we're great. We are shot out of a cannon, and we are ready to go with so much to cover today. Fired up for two-a-days NFL. We are talking Chicago Bears. We are talking Houston Texans. We are talking uh, just a shout-out that I did not expect last night. And we are talking about the NFL's running back. So let's Well, get... most importantly, big fella, mm. you're talking, which means the rest of America is saved from a random musings of Chris Carlin in a Costco <laughs> being a guy that goes back to get three and four samples of the same product. We will get Thank to... Thank God we will you're get not to in the any Costco's and you're not destroying golf courses. The, we will get to the outrageousness of your Costco takes in just a little bit, but we begin with the running back. Here we go! Only one place to start. Right now, it's just talking. There's really nothing we can do. We're kind of handcuffed with the situation. But the biggest thing is that we're on position that our production hurts us the most. You know? The ball that do good, it hurts us at the end of the day. We don't want to see a running back get it 35 times a game anymore. You know, it's funny. It's Dominique Foxworth, uh, you know, who has come up with an idea that you'll hear in just a moment that is familiar if you've been listening to the show lately. The running backs, the star running backs, Canty, last night got together on Zoom to talk about the state of the pay at their position right now and what possible solutions could be. There's even been the crazy notion that maybe at some point they might splinter off and form their own union. And we can all try to come up with the perfect, perfect solutions to this problem. But I think you came up with a pretty good one a few weeks back. And why don't you have at it before we hear from Dominic Foxworth? Well, yeah, it has to do with the player performance-based pay pool that the NFL allocates to guys that not, might not be getting the compensation based on their contract that they deserved. And it's based on what your actual contract is, your cap hit, where you were drafted, and the number of snaps you played. So presumably the guys that are on rookie contracts that play a lot of snaps get a whole lot of money in player performance-based pay. I remember when I was a rookie in 2005, being a guy that had played a lot of snaps and ended up starting at the end of his rookie year, I made more on my player performance-based paycheck at the end of the season than I made in my base salary. Wow. So, so the NFL does have somewhat of a sliding scale in order to try to offset um, some of the, the, the lost wages that guys that are on undervalued contracts um, get. And so that's what the player-based performance pay pool is all about. Now, as you make more money or if you're a higher draft pick, the math changes and you don't get as much player performance-based pay. But what I was saying is that you incorporate 
uh, player performance-based pay to include touches, the number of time a guy touches the ball, the number of scores a guy's had, a guy has. Because presumably, running backs are going to be at the top of that list. Big fella, when I'm looking at the top ten in terms of touches in the 2022 season, they're all running backs. I mean, Josh Jacobs led the bunch with 393 touches, but, I mean, you're talking about the top ten being comprised of nothing but running backs when it comes to the total touches that they receive throughout a season. And that's why I go crazy when I hear people talking about how NFL teams are devaluing the running back position. You can't tell me you're devaluing a position if you let the guy touch the ball 400 times. What you're saying to me is that you don't want to pay the guy because what you're doing when you give him a long-term extension is you're paying him on what you think his production will be in the future as opposed to what he's done in the past. And therein lies the rub with the running back spot just because they have a shorter shelf life than other positions. So the running words, back's prime, it, the other word, the running back's prime is always going to be earlier than every other position group on the NFL roster. And so teams have have got that understanding and they're starting to adjust accordingly in terms of the second contracts that they're willing to dole out. And Canty, what you are saying to put in layman's terms, is that teams are sucking players dry, milking them for everything they've got without having to give them anywhere near a substantial dollar amount. Here's Dominique Foxworth with a similar take to yours. There's a pool of money that I don't think many people know about called the performance-based pay pool, a lump sum of money that the league has set aside to compensate players who have outperformed their contract. What tends to happen is it's a player who's a late-round draft pick ends up playing a lot of downs, and they end up getting big checks. I was that guy when I played for the Broncos. I was a third-round pick, a rookie. I ended up playing so much that my performance-based pay was higher than my actual salary. So I got one check that was higher than the whole salary I had all year. Obviously, since I benefited from it and lots of players like that deserve to benefit from it, my argument is not that we should take that away from them, but that pool is $336 million. In 2019, it was $230 million. It's continuing to grow. I think that they should set aside a portion of it that is designated for running backs or at least there should be some benchmarks that you have to reach over the course of a couple of years, maybe even three years. If you meet these performance benchmarks and these playtime benchmarks, then you unlock this performance-based pay bonus that is only play- payable to running backs who've reached these benchmarks. I, I get it, Canty. I understand the, the notion behind it. But I think we're forgetting a couple of things here. It, it shouldn't just be about those guys that are overperforming on their rookie contracts. Because, yes, while that is a scenario where they're going to get more money, uh, I think we can both agree that your base salary as a rookie is not great. Is it a million dollars? Is it $2 million? Probably less than that. And then you add Mm -hmm. up adding to that, right? What they're looking for is trying to get more and more people here that are more and more running backs here that have opportunities to make money. And for me, the way to go about that, Canty, when you're a running back, you need to address this very early because of what you just said, all the abuse and all the production that they have early in their career. I think you need to carve out something in the CBA that allows running backs to either not get franchise tendered, franchise tendered at a higher number. Uh, First-round pick running backs can't get 
hit with a fifth-year option, or, frankly, we just take a year away from a rookie running back contract. In other words, the average rookie contract is four years, or the, the set rookie contract is four years. For running backs, let's make it three. So that in that way, their chance at the big check is a lot more likely to come after three years than four. Okay, so a couple of things there. First of all, the player performance-based pay pool is not just for rookies. It's for everybody in the league. So mm-hmm. there's that. All right, now, if you're on your second contract, presumably you're getting more money, and that, that means that you know, you're not going to be weighted as heavily when it comes out comes back to the team's doling out for player performance-based pay. So there's that. Now, for what you're saying in terms of taking a year away from a rookie running back's contract, you're asking the players' union, which is responsible for advocating for all players to potentially concede something to the owners on behalf of the running backs. Good luck getting the other 2,000 members of the union to sign up on that one. That ain't going to happen, big fella. It's not going to happen. Now, what I will say is this. Running backs should take a page out of the Ezekiel Elliott playbook and hold out after your third year. Why? Because if you hold out on a rookie contract per our CBA, the team does have the option to forgive the fine. So when we start looking at situations like what happens with Zach Martin, like what happens with Chris Jones, those teams can't forgive those fines because Mm -hmm. those guys are not on rookie deals. But if you're on a rookie contract, the team has the option to forgive the fine. So, again, if you hold out after your third year as a running back, there's no harm and no foul. And that's in the heart of your prime. A running back's prime is the first five years of their career. Yep. So you hold out when your value is the highest in order to get the kind of money that you feel like you should be compensated. It happened for Zeke. He got $15 million a year. And had he not negotiated that contract when he did, he wouldn't have played in 2022 for the Dallas Cowboys. He wouldn't have. But because he had that kind of contract, that kind of structure, that kind of financial security, he got a year's worth of salary at top of the market pay that he otherwise wouldn't have gotten. And that's what running backs have to do. So with Saquon Barkley, with Josh Jacobs, with Tony Pollard, I would argue they're a day late and a couple million short. Like, that's where we're at right now. You've allowed this to go so far throughout your career that now it's going to be hard for you to actually realize your true value in terms of what you get from a team. Teams recognize what those guys can do with their healthy. What teams don't want to do is take on the risk that that guy would potentially get injured at some point during the life of the contract that they would be doling out. And that's why we're seeing running back running backs in the running back market overall be depressed in terms of the dollars that these guys are guaranteed contractually. The one thing that I think you and I can both agree on, though, for as much as it's not devaluing the position, it's underpaying the position. And with that being the case, you're not devaluing a position when you need that position to win. These teams that that are contending... Cannot win without running the football, can't you, when they have to win these games? Oh, no, they can't. And, they can't. I mean, all you have to do is listen to what Devontae Adams said about Josh Jacobs. He was on the NFL Network, and he said, we can't get where we want to go as a team without Josh Jacobs. He's that good. I mean, you would assume that a guy made all pro and led the league in yards from scrimmage. But you need the running back position to be productive. You need to have balance on the offensive side of the ball. You need to have a guy in the backfield that can be a threat where teams have to drop that eighth defender down in the box. 
So, like, those guys are force multipliers in the way that they dictate front and coverage. You have to have, if you got a special one, you got to have him out there on the field. It's just the teams don't want to incur the risk that comes along with the guy touching the ball 400 times per season. So I think therein lies the rub. But as far as player performance-based pay goes, if you include the amount of touches that a guy gets, if you include the total number of touchdowns a guy gets, that's a way of compensating the running back market without being unfair to the other players in the National Football League. Because think about it. Eight of the top ten guys in terms of total touchdowns were running backs. All of the guys in the top ten in terms of total touches were running backs. So there's a way that you can funnel money to the running backs if you make that addendum to the player performance-based pay pool. I, I just think that that's a, 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 an easy fix for the union and for the owners without the union having to concede other things to the owners in their collective bargaining agreement. So, I, I mean, again, there's a couple of different ways that they can attack it, but I think this is going to take a multi-pronged approach in order for running backs to actually monetize their value to these teams. Just quickly, one last one that I just thought of this second. What about if we combine the two? That if your performance-based uh, pay, if that's what we're going to talk about, based on your touches, based on your production, based on all of that, if it exceeds a certain amount, if it hits certain milestones in years one and two, we wipe out the fourth year of your contract, and you can become a free agent after year three. Oh, man. I, that, listen, that would be a perfect world scenario. I don't think owners would go for that because you're talking about giving up a year of team control. But again, the running backs have the, the, the threat of the nuclear option, which is withholding services. Yeah. If a running back decides, I'm going to hold out my entire third year, like just think the threat of holding out your third year, especially if you're on a team that could potentially be a contender. Think about what that does. Think about the amount of pressure that puts on a team to get a deal done because you still got prime years for that guy, presumably two or three more years where you're going to get top of the market production. Teams would pay for that. The only problem is with a running back, once they get to year five or year six, you don't feel like that guy is going to give you top of the market production for multiple years. And that's why they are unwilling to go to where Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard want the market to go. Canty and Carlin, in for Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Up next, you want to know how important they are? We hear from a star-wide receiver on how important running backs are. And a former GM weighs in on how he would view the current running back market in the front office. It's next. Greeny, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, 
We know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Greeny, the podcast. Right now, it's just talking. There's really nothing we can do. We're kind of handcuffed with the situation. But the biggest thing is that we're on position that our production hurts us the most. You know? To go out there and do good, it hurts us at the end of the day. We don't want to see a running back get it 35 times a game anymore. It may be a passing league, but we know that you need to be able to run the football to win games. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. Mike Tannenbaum, our ESPN NFL front office insider, set to join us. Before he does, Mike, I want to play you this sound from Devontae Adams, the Raiders star wide receiver from NFL Total Access on NFL Network this past week, and how he sees the situation right now between the Raiders and Josh Jacobs, who has not signed his franchise tag. I've been talking to him. We've been been in his ear a little bit, just trying to coach him through this process. I've been through it a couple of times myself, and I know what it's like to go back and forth about whether or not you feel appreciated. And obviously, that's a big part of just that position. And it's been that way for a while. I mean, really valued position in the league that gets devalued by the way that the market goes. I'm praying everything works out because if we really want to have a shot at winning the Super Bowl and, and having all the, you know, the elite aspirations that we do, um, we're going to need that guy. So, you know, I'm praying that we can still figure something out. But also understanding where Josh is coming from, but trying to coach him through it at the same time. Mike, you ran the Dolphins, you ran the Jets, you're sitting across the table from Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley. What are you doing? Well, I'll tell you what, I think what um, Devontae Adams said there was really interesting and kind of brings you behind the curtain, which is if you're running a team, you want to over-communicate not only like what our offer is, but why we're offering it. And I think in certainly Saquon's uh, position and a little bit to Josh Jacobs, these guys do a lot in the passing game, and with the Raiders guys, Jimmy Garoppolo's best seasons is when he's had an effective running game, and he throws a lot better off of play action, so they're hugely valuable. And if I'm Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley, I'm thinking about doing what Jalen Ramsey did, which is holding in, meaning sign my tender, but not necessarily playing. Yeah, and Mike, that's where I wanted to go. Like, I'm just sitting here looking at the running backs market as a whole uh, and understanding where the team's position is and not wanting to pay guys top-of-the-market money for less than their prime years. Is there a solution that the two sides could be able to work out um, that would leave both parties satisfied in terms of what they're getting? Well, I think not all running backs are created equal. You know, when I think about Christian McCaffrey – and Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara, those are guys that are just great in the passing game. Uh, There are some running backs that are really replaceable. And, uh, you know, Kansas City is a good example of Clyde Edwards-Alaire's draft in the first round, and he's beaten out by a seventh-rounder in Isaiah Pacheco. And, you know, it's an allocation discussion for teams. You know, if I'm Kansas City, i got to pay Chris Jones before I pay anybody else. And that's why, to me, this debate about running backs, guys, it really should focus on who the running back is and, if they're effective in the passing game, I think they should be treated differently. 
Mike Tannenbaum, our ESPN NFL front office insider, with us. We can all agree that teams right now see the most value in running backs in the first few years of their career. So I'm going to give you a scenario that you can promptly shoot down that I came up with just a few minutes ago. Mike, is there a solution somewhere in the middle based on the first couple of years of performance-based pay for running backs specifically that if you hit certain benchmarks, maybe you become a free agent a year sooner. In other words, your fourth year of your contract gets wiped out if your first two years are highly productive for a team. I don't know if we'll ever see that, but I think what we could see, Chris, realistically, is maybe we get to a point where if you're drafted in the first round, you can only be franchised once, not twice, because I think when we think about what's fair and unfair, I think asking a player to go in Saquon's you know, situation possibly seven years until he's truly a free agent. I don't think that's really what our system is designed to do. I think our system has shifted money from the rookies to the veterans, which I think everyone feels is a good idea. But this whole idea of being franchised in consecutive years just seems to be not what everybody wanted this system to be. And to me, that would be an easy tweak. Mike, shifting gears a little bit, last week saw Quinn and Williams get a huge contract, four years, $96 million with $66 million guaranteed. This week begins with the high-profile holdout of all-pro defensive tackle Chris Jones for the Kansas City Chiefs. The two sides are believed to be far apart on this. What does a Chris Jones contract extension look like for the Kansas City Chiefs in order to get him in the building before the start of week one? Yeah, Chris, this one's easy to me. Like, this is paying Aaron Dahl, making the highest-paid defensive tackle. And here's why. You know, a year ago, we saw the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. They lost a really good receiver in Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins. And all they did is win the Super Bowl. You know, they go get a guy like Kadarius Toney and Marquez Valdez-Scaling and obviously the rest is history. After Patrick Mahomes, to me, the second most important Kansas City Chief is Chris Jones. They, they, they cannot win a championship without him. And I think there's some positions you could skip on. You know, they're really young in the secondary. That's all because of the quick interior pressure that Chris Jones brings. So to me, there's a time and a place to hold the line like they did with Tyreek Hill. I don't think this is the time or the place with, with this player. So, so Chris Jones, let me just be clear, Mike. Chris Jones more important to the Chiefs' success than Travis Kelsey. Not, not even close. You know why? Because wow. – the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is going to throw the ball to the open player. Now, look, Travis Kelsey is a great player. Don't I don't want to take anything away from him. But if we're running the Kansas City Chiefs, it's Patrick Mahomes draw a line. It's Chris Jones draw another line. That's how good he is. And again, wow. I just don't think they can win a Super Bowl without him. Wow. Wow is right. It's Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. Mike, uh, today... We're focusing on our first two a days. We've got the Bears. We've got the Texans. You know, think back to our discussions prior to the draft, and you felt like the the better way for the Bears to go was to draft Bryce Young and to trade Justin Fields. So now that they have opted to go in the other direction, what do you look for from Fields? What defines a successful season for the Bears in growing with this quarterback? You know what's interesting about that, guys? This is the only time since I've been with ESPN in five years that a team hasn't done exactly what I suggested, so I'm a little <laughs> stunned by, by this development. Um, but <laughs> but <laughs> now that I'm trying to recover from that, I, I think they had a really – I thought the trade they made was really effective and, and drafting Darnell Wright, 
um, adding Nate Davis. But DJ Moore really becomes the big part of this discussion. I don't know if he's an A, much the way the Devontae Adams is of the world is, but he is a really solid player, and he's going to make Justin Fields a lot better. And I think they have to walk before they run. I don't know if they compete for the division title this year, guys, but I think they're much improved between the offensive line and DJ Moore. Talking with ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum on Greeny. And Mike T, switching over to the Texans, I mean, more young quarterbacks are ruined than developed in this league. And my question to you is, what should be the Texans' mindset in terms of how they bring C.J. Stroud along? Because they do have another quarterback in Davis Mills, relatively young guy that's played a lot of football for them. How should they manage C.J. Stroud early on in his pro career? Yeah, Chris, I'm so glad you brought that up because, to me, like, I would add Anthony Richardson and, and uh, Gardner Minshew to this discussion. I'm in no rush to play either of those quarterbacks because you want C.J. Stroud to be great next year, the year after. There is no rush here. And whether Houston wins six games or seven games, same thing for the Colts, it doesn't matter. It's about their future. So I love Stroud. He played a lot of good football at Ohio State. Um, but I go with Davis Mills early. I, like I'm hard-pressed to understand what is the rush here. Um, and I think we make a mistake in our sport by playing these guys too soon. Now, look, I'm not saying Zach Wilson would have been an A, but clearly part of Zach Wilson's struggles is he simply wasn't ready, you know, coming from BYU. Now, again, that's different for Stroud especially because he played at such a high level at such a good school. Mike, great stuff. Appreciate it as usual. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider with us. It's Canty and Carlin in for Grinny. More on the Bears in 30 seconds. Now, we all know about the speed of sound, but have you ever thought about the speed or the sounds of speeding? If you drive over the speed limit, there are lots of different sounds you might hear. Drive too fast and you can hear the sound of your vehicle crashing. The sound of ambulances and first responders desperately trying to free you from the wreckage. You can hear the beeps of a heart monitor. You can hear doctors and nurses in an emergency room as you're being treated for your injuries. You can hear the sound of worried family members in the waiting hospital room hoping to hear that you're okay. Because if you drive over the speed limit, whether by a lot, or by a little, you can do damage that's beyond repair. You could seriously injure yourself, or worse, you could hurt or even kill someone else. When you speed, you put everyone on the road in danger. One way or another, speeding catches up with you. Paid for by NHTSA. Hey, let's go do our job, man! NFL Nation 2 a On ESPN Radio. The Chicago Bears. I'm Courtney Cronin covering the Bears, and the biggest storyline this season is whether the moves the team made around Justin Fields will help the QB take his next step. The Bears doubled down on their support of Fields when they traded the number one overall pick to Carolina in exchange for future draft capital and wide receiver DJ Moore. Chicago is following the strategy used by Buffalo, Philadelphia, and Miami to give its quarterback a true number one option in his third season to make the jump. A year after tearing down the roster to the studs, Chicago has more talent surrounding Fields and has put him in a position to grow as a passer and develop into a franchise quarterback. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation Two-A-Days on ESPN Radio. Chris, I love everything that Courtney just talked about. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. And let me just start this by, by making a statement 
that I will be shocked if it does not come true. In 2024, not this season, but next, in 2024, Justin Fields will be a legitimate MVP candidate. Because I look at the development last year, I look at, I look at two big things with quarterbacks, red zone and third down. His red zone numbers were outstanding. He had the highest completion percentage among all starting quarterbacks in the league. He only threw one interception in the red zone. They've helped him on the offensive line. They've helped him with Robert Tanyan, who had six red zone touchdowns. I look at everything about Justin Fields, and I'm not even talking about running the football yet. They have helped him in all the ways possible. He still needs more, but they've done the right things by him. No, they've done the right things by him. They've got him a number one receiver. Again, a guy that can dictate front and coverage, somebody that can help make the picture cleaner in terms of what Justin Fields is looking at. But I just look at the growth and maturation that we saw from him in his first year and a half as a starter to what we saw in the back half of last year. Just his overall development is exactly what you want, Carlin. Like, you want to see a guy that's ascending. You want to see him have confidence in his natural abilities, but that being able to blend well with the scheme, with the system that they're asking him to execute. And you got glimpses of that last year. You just think of some of the performances that he had, even in losses, big fella. It's what you want from your quarterback. I remember that Pittsburgh Steelers game and saying to myself, like, that's what you want to see from a young quarterback, seeing him have that opportunity, seeing him be able to do some of the things that he did. Like, I, I just, I have a lot of confidence in Justin Fields his ascent as a franchise quarterback, as a guy that can be a true force multiplier. It's just a matter of the supporting cast coming around him. Now, having said that, on the defensive side, we got problems, okay? They cannot get to the quarterback. This was a team that last year had the second fewest sack total among defensive linemen. They've improved in the interior a little bit, but they only had seven and a half sacks from D linemen last year. And Not from, great. No. And, and from their starting defensive ends coming back this year, they've got four and a half. Canty, they, they, that D-line is a major, major problem for the Bears. No, it's not great, but their back seven is pretty good. I mean, they went out and got T.J. Edwards from Philadelphia as one of their linebackers, their will. Yep. They went out and got Tremaine Edmonds from Buffalo, who's going to be their Mike. Their secondary is being slept on because I think that's a really, really talented group. Jalen Johnson, who's a fourth-year player, uh, he's an outstanding young corner. Jaquan Brisker, who's a second-year yep. player. Eddie Jackson, who's a Pro Bowl All-Pro caliber guy. And then Kyler Gordon, who's their nickel, who was a rookie last year, had a phenomenal season. They drafted Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami, a really long corner to play opposite of Jalen Johnson on the outside. I think they've got a really good young secondary. They've got a really strong linebacking core that, that has a lot of veterans in it. Again, the Achilles heel of that defense is the front seven. I mean, is the uh, is the front four, but I think the back seven can help them navigate around that. So I I don't think the Bears are as far off as people are making it seem. Mm. I don't think there's this huge separation between the Minnesota Vikings, the Green Bay Packers, the Detroit Lions, and the Chicago Bears. I just don't see it that way. I could see a world where the Chicago Bears contend for the AFC North title. And that means what, nine? I, I think this could be a double-digit win team. Wow. I could I could easily see the Chicago Bears being ten and seven because you have a quarterback in Justin Fields that there are no good answers to. He's yeah. a guy that rushed for eleven hundred yards last year. He's a guy that has the potential to throw for over four thousand yards because it's that type of Arab talent. And when you put guys like Darnell Mooney, like DJ Moore, and like Cole Komet around him, 
This guy's going to be good. The only challenge for the Chicago Bears is keeping Justin Fields upright. And I absolutely love their first-round draft pick in Darnell Wright. He's going to slide in at right tackle. Braxton Jones, who played as a rookie, outstanding as a fifth-round draft pick. He's going to be their left tackle. I like the offensive line for the Chicago Bears in terms of their chances to be able to protect Justin Fields. And we know when he has time, this guy can do some really special things with the football. So I'm bullish on the Chicago Bears. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to go out here and be world beaters. They're not going to spin the clock back to 1985. But this is going to be a team that's a tough out for everybody in 2023. If you think Justin Fields can't throw the football, you don't know football. That's it. You don't know football. And the only concern I would have is that weeks 8 through 12, they have four road games in five weeks. So that's going to be a very tough stretch. I'm putting the number around 8 and 9, but we both agree they're taking steps forward this year. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. You can watch on the ESPN app. Just click on Watch, look for Greeny, and enjoy. Up next, an unexpected shout-out that... Nobody saw it coming. Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Greeny, the podcast. As you know, I tend to be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Self-involved? That's probably the word. Just a little bit. Fair? Very fair. Yeah. Very fair comment. So last you night. Love you, some, you love you some you. I do. I do. I do yeah. love me some me. That's just one of many things that he and T.O. have in common. 
Well, the body type, of course. <laughs> yeah, the workout yes. regimen, the sit-ups I, in the driveway. Yes, I'm also, Carlin and I'm also doing sit-ups in my driveway. And the great celebrations. <laughs> That's what Carlin's known for. Uh, it's KJ Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. So last night on ESPN2, the K-Rod cast, Michael K, of course, of 98.7, and Alex Rodriguez, and for the Mets-Red Sox game. And who are you going to have on for that? Of course, you're going to have on Mookie Wilson, who, of course, hit the ground ball that went between Buckner's legs. And Mookie was my all-time favorite player growing up. And then just seemingly out of nowhere, this from Michael Kay last night. And as a radio host uh, on ESPN Radio, Chris Carlin, a good friend, and he's a Texas Ranger fan, and he grew up a Met fan, and the Mets traded you, and he said, that's it, I'm done. He left the Mets as a fan (laughs) and is now a Texas Ranger fan just because they traded you. That's how much you meant to him. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm flattered, man. I, I tell you, it was one of those things. But I tell you, it's a good thing everyone doesn't feel that way. For no one having the fans left. Because guys be traded all the time, man. That's just part of the business, man. You learn to live with it. I don't think fans understand that sometimes. It's a business. I think every player would love to stay in one spot his whole career. But those odds are against you, man. It just don't work that way anymore. And then Mookie just took me right so, down there. Sounds like Mookie was more understanding of him getting moved than you are yes. by the Mets. <laughs> Clearly, just, just, just it out clearly, there. you have more of a beef with the Mets from him getting traded than the man that actually got traded. Here's what happened: Mookie just called me an idiot. That's basically That's exactly what, just what happened. happened. But the, the the beauty of that soundbite is that Michael K. tees it up that you're an ESPN radio host. Mm-hmm. So the understanding that this individual would know a thing or two about sports. And then Mookie completely just crushes you. I don't know if it was intentional or unintentional, but you just caught one, my friend. You caught you caught a bullet. Oh my God, Mookie! I I I I I Canty. I have I never get like shaky around meeting somebody. When yep. I met Mookie the one time I have met him, I could barely speak. I could. Barely so you just starstruck. Oh my god! Went back to being a kid. That was kind there? of thing, just incomplete awe. That's why he thought you were just a fan because you probably acted like one. Uh, oh, I absolutely acted like one. Like you know, and this is—I went deep cut when I met him. Yeah, Mookie. People can talk about Game Six all they want. How about '82 when the Mets sucked and you hit a game winner off Bruce Souter in the middle of August when you're 30 games under 500? That—that was—that was me at that time. Canty, has there ever been wow. somebody where you were really? nervous to have met absolutely absolutely now it it went really well because this star and childhood hero of mine actually knew who i was which made it that much cooler so i'm on the set of get up this is a few years back and i'm doing the show with mike greenberg and on the set walks magic johnson and i guess he was sitting down to chop it up with greeny and so i'm getting up from the desk and and he, I, I'm walking to the exit of the studio, and he says, Hey, Chris Caddy, man, good to see you. Good to see you. And I'm like, Magic Johnson knows my name. This is incredible. <laughs> and then he took it a step further. He took it to the next level and said, Congratulations on your engagement. I'm like, wow. how the hell Magic Johnson know I'm getting married? It was just unbelievable because this was my childhood hero. I'm a lifelong Lakers fan. Don't ask me how growing up in the Bronx, but I'm a lifelong Lakers fan. And in the heart of Showtime was Magic Johnson. And this is somebody I actually had the chance to meet. And not only did they know my name, 
but they knew I, they knew something about me that was important. That was pretty cool. That was my starstruck moment. I really didn't have much to say beyond that. I just thought it was just a cool moment. I'm pretty sure Magic Johnson thinks I'm a weirdo because I really didn't have a lot of words for him. <laughs> and he's a very personable individual. But it wasn't that I was being a weirdo. I was just starstruck. I was just like, wow. This is somebody I grew up rooting for, had the jersey, like tried to emulate on the playground, and it's just like you have a chance to meet him. Oh. And now he's the new he's the he's, he's the owner of the Washington Commanders. I'm just like, this is Magic Johnson. And so to have the opportunity to meet him, I was a complete fanboy. I was like a kid. It was it was it took me back to that that childhood youthful exuberance. Cam, did you ever have a guy that you met? that you were just beyond nervous to me. Oh, yeah. I have a perfect one for this. My first week at ESPN, I was, like, in the hallway setting up a game that we were recording on or something, and it was the one season that Ryan Howard was an ESPN MLB analyst here, and he just walks down the hallway. My first week at the job, I'm a huge Phillies fan. I was like, is this what working at ESPN is like? Like, your childhood heroes just (laughs) walk around the corner every five seconds? So, yeah, that was crazy. I think we had, like, a short interaction. It wasn't awkward, but I was definitely uh, over the moon excited. Mikey, see you quick. Uh, Dave Winfield. Dave Winfield. Yeah, okay. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a very good one. And that's an imposing figure right there, too. And then plus. Dave Winfield, I think he's one of the only people to be drafted in every major team sport. I believe that's like accurate. That? Yeah, I don't think he was drafted in hockey, but yeah, he was drafted in the, no, other the three major team sports. Yeah. yeah. And then Don LaGreca appeared on the show as well. Awesome rant. I'm a fabulous driver. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.